Turn in your pew Bible to page 1,757. 1,757. We'll be reading Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, and you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Be seated. Romans chapter 8, three verses. Quite honestly, we could spend a whole year on these three verses. And, and quite frankly, you could take two words out of these three verses and preach on it the whole time. Obligation and lead. Obligation. Oh, man, are you kidding me? Is that what we're going to talk about today? Does anybody, when you say that word, obligation, do you feel that weight? I'm obligated. I'm obligated. Oftentimes in our world today, it's not looked at as a positive thing, is it? No. We have to get up and go to work, right? I'm obligated to go to work. Some of you are quite blessed not to have to do that anymore. <laughs> I, say, I could say others of us, but then it's like, this is what I do for a job, and you're like, you can't. You have to be happy when you come to this church. You, you, you can't have a bad day. It happens. But <clears throat> Scripture says that we are under obligation, but not to the flesh. Now, we've got to keep in mind, we're, Paul is talking to the Romans, right? This is a, a young church. It is a new church. At this point in time, the two groups have come together, the Gentile Christians and the Roman Christians. They have come together back in Rome to continue and build the church. At points you could look at this and go, that certainly is a recipe for disaster. You've got these two groups of people coming back together to form a church. Historically, we can look at churches that we have either attended or that we have been in and go, this is not going to go. This isn't going to go very well. But Paul is convinced that it should. And by him having established this church and then writing a letter back to the church of Rome, he has the faith and the knowledge and understanding that this is going to go. And so he's going to talk about it. So in chapter 8, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation but it's not to the sin nature. Now the sin nature, what he's talking about here, jumps back to chapter 7. And remember in chapter 7, that's where Paul goes, you know what, there are things that I really want to do in following God, but you know what, I just I can't do them. There's things that I want to do, but man, I just don't. And there's things that I don't want to do, I don't want to sin, but I end up doing it anyway. And so he's going back and forth in chapter 7. He is wrestling with himself. Do you remember the list that I gave you two weeks ago? 
God on one side, the enemy on the other side, Satan on the, on, on the other side, and you're in the middle. It's the little devil up here, and it's the angel right here, and it's that pull. That's what Romans chapter 7 is about. And so he's just expressed to the church in Rome, I fight this. That would be like me going, I fight this, church. And you guys could go like, really? But you look like you have it all together. I may look like I have it all together, but it's all pieces in between. Because there is a pull that we all face. We all face it. And Paul has just gone through that with the Romans. And he's like, look, there's a battle taking place. We have an obligation. Obligation means bound by some duty. That there is something that is owed. But we have an obligation. And it's not to the sin nature. Hmm. That whole thought right there takes the idea that some of us have that, well, that's just how I am. I'm just going to sin. I just can't get over that. I can't get past that. This is just who I am. You're just going to have to accept me. This is how I react in situations. That first part of verse 12 blows that idea out of the water. Rats. Shoot. Man, I thought I had it. Here's why. An obligation means that you're bound to it, correct? So if you are not bound to your sin nature, what is the opposite of being bound? Free. You're free. That's what the blood of Jesus did on the cross. Freed you from your obligation to be sinful. Great, now what? Oftentimes we get there, don't we? Because this has been my thought all along in my life that this is who I am, this is how I am, this is the way that my parents were. And so because my parents were this way, then I'm predisposed to be that way. Well, that's the way that my dad reacted. That's the way that my grandparents reacted. So that naturally, I'm supposed to be there. Exactly. Naturally, in our sin nature, yes, that's the path. But guess what? You're not bound by that. You have no obligation to the sin nature. You have an obligation now to live in the power and under the blood of Jesus Christ. So now you have that obligation. I go back to the story where we're standing on the dock and the earbud is in the water and we're hoping... Honestly, at that point, I'm like, uh-oh. I'm hoping. But this verse came to my mind. By the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no other way that that could have come to my mind. Ian, you don't have an obligation to the sin nature, but you have an obligation to what? To show my children faith. To be a person of faith. 
to trust, to take all the characteristics that we talked about two weeks ago and engage them and put them into motion. That's my obligation, correct? Not as a pastor. I can tell you once, even though I love you guys, I never once stood out on that dock thinking, man, I wonder what they're going to think if I don't have faith. I didn't. But I looked at my three kids that were out there and thought, what is my obligation to train them up in the way they should go so they can be and do everything that God's created them to be and do? And that is have faith. Be strong. Stand. Steadfast. Immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. And that was an opportunity for God to be at work. That was my obligation. Not to worry, because that's not under God's character, is it? Now, could I have stood there and worried? Absolutely. Could I have figured out, so how much did those cost? Because you know what, I could just go ahead and just buy them and you know what, we'll just have them shipped here. I could have fixed it. Was that my job? No. What about when the lady shows up about the water moccasin? What's my job? What is my obligation? Here was my obligation in that. Is to discern and understand the spirit through which she was speaking and what she was speaking about. One. Two. Once that discernment was made, to move and act accordingly. So once I knew that wasn't of the Lord, what's my job? Defend, protect. Right? Now what if I would have gone out of fear and said, no, stop. You guys get out of the water. There's snakes around here. What testimony would I not have been able to tell you today? Isn't it crazy how one life situation that happens to many people puts God on such display? Isn't that amazing? That's because you step back and you go, you know, what's my obligation here? What's my obligation, not just to my children, but to the one who died for me? Have faith. Have faith. In that, yes. Because the Bible tells us, and I prayed it this morning, if you are faithful with the small things, God will give you what? Greater things. Why? Because I can handle it because my shoulders are huge and I'm so strong and I'm so mighty? No, because I admit my weakness and I'm willing to let God flow through me in such a fashion that no one else can see anything but Him. We are not people to look to. We are windows to look through. Did you catch that? People cannot look at us and put us up on pedestals. We are not people to look to, but we are windows to look through so they see Him. I can't change your life. He can.
I can't build your faith. He can. We are not obligated to live in our sinful nature. We are not bound by that. We are freed from that. But we are obligated to live according to the Spirit. Because if you live according to the Spirit, then what does the Bible say? You have life. Two things. One, you have life. Second, your misdeeds of the, the sinful nature, your sin is put to death. Does that mean you're going to be perfect? No. But you're not going to deal with the same thing tomorrow that you did today. And you begin to change your life. We are under an obligation to live by the Spirit. What does that mean? Led by the Spirit. Verse 14, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. To be led by the Spirit. Okay, so everybody knows we were on vacation last week, right? I can give you a list of every restaurant between mile marker 1 and mile marker 12. You know why? Because I was led by my belly. <laughs> Buck's ice cream. Awesome. Caramel toffee crunch. It's to die for. It's even better when it's in a waffle cone that's been dipped in chocolate with sprinkles on it. Right? Mm-hmm. Got led there several times. Right? What Suey's barbecue has another one. Smoked brisket, pit cooked. Fantastic. Fresh seafood, give me five pounds of shrimp. Mm -hmm. Can't eat all five right now, but I'll need a snack later on tonight. It's true. We are led, are we not? We're led. There's no different than that in being led by the Spirit. It's just so that we can understand it and engage it. That's why, that's why those columns that we talked about two weeks ago are so important. Is because when you understand the character of God then you know that you're being led that way. I go back to the restaurants. Do you know why I know those restaurants are good? Taste and see. Been there, done that, tasted good, want to go back. But see, that taste and see comes from Scripture. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Get in the water, man. The water's fine. So I'm driving in this morning. Got up, got ready, was, was ready early. Time to go. Okay. Thought I was going to hang out with the family for a little bit this morning. Nope, time to go. Okay. <laughs> Julie, bless her heart, last time we were on vacation, I got off vacation, right? I came to church that Sunday morning. Remember what happened? Yeah, I got a ticket. She's like, slow down. I'm like, yes, ma'am. <clears throat> so I'm taking off, and I'm like, okay, I had to leave the house early, so I'm looking around, and I'm like, okay, so where, where's the police officers keep it down below the speed limit that whole nine yards? And it's like, nope, start praying. And all of a sudden, pastors start coming to my mind. Pray for them, pray for them, 
Pray for him. Pray for him. You're leaving early because I want you to stop in and pray for one of them. Okay. And that's what I did. Remember, we, I, I talked to you guys before about <laughs> drive-by prayers, right? There are times that God just tells me, look, I want you to go sit in the parking lot, and I want you to pray for this church member, wherever they work, so don't get creeped out if you see my truck sitting in your parking lot. Pray for this person. Pray for that person. Go do this. Have you ever had a quote-unquote random thought come across your mind to do something for someone and you disregard it because it didn't make sense or it doesn't fit into my daily routine or I'm not on that part of town. That's God's character welling up inside of you. You see, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as being a, a living water. Um, a, a living, active, moving water. And it talks about that it will well up inside of you. So those thoughts that come to your mind, all of a sudden, internally, you start to feel this, oh, well, yeah, I that's a weird feeling. That's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, welling up, pushing you to move forward on the thought that you've been given. That's what that is. You know when somebody's talking to you about God or you're in worship and you're, you hear a song, um, somebody says something to you and all of a sudden you start getting chill bumps? And that's what we call them. Man, I just got the chills. Do you know what that is? That is the breath of God, the wind, the Holy Spirit moving across you. And your body reacts to the spiritual. That's what that is. And what I'm doing is I'm sharing some physical things that happen in us and with us to help us recognize the Spirit so that we can follow His lead. Now, not once did I say that this had to make any sense. It doesn't. God is not bound by our mental chaos. It's things that happen that He leads us into so that people can experience the one who we gave our life to. He died for them too. If you are led by the Spirit of God, then you are sons and daughters of God. So, if something different comes across your mind and your heart to do, do it. Because it is evidence that God the Father sees you as His daughter and as His son and trusts you enough to look foolish, maybe, in front of the world so that He can show His love and care towards that person. That's what that is. At the same time, it should give you great confidence and confirmation that you are his child. And there's nothing better 
than having confirmation from your father or mother that you're theirs, is it? Willow. Wonderful. I love that. Did you hear what Willow, Willow had someone on her heart, on her mind, all week. So she went and talked to them just to make sure that they were okay. That's, that's obedience. And, and Willow, at the same time, that's God going, I thank you, I can trust you to do this for me. You see, it's that same mentality and what God is sharing with us, even in that situation, is the same thing that when Christ looked at His disciples and said, all right, boys, I'm going to heaven. It's in your hands. Now, personally, if that was me and I was one of the disciples standing there, I'd be like, whoa, 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 you have picked the wrong guy. Not, no, 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 not, not me. You cannot leave the very kingdom of God in my hands. But yes, he can. And he's done it. And on Pentecost, He sent the Holy Spirit to indwell those people. And it's the same Spirit that we have received now to advance the kingdom. And just what Willow is talking about, that's advancement. It's a simple conversation, but that's advancement. That's what God has put on her heart to do. So do it. Now, Paul did say that we have an obligation, right? Not to live in sin, but to live as sons and daughters. We have an obligation. So needless to say, on vacation, there was several times when I would want to sleep in in the morning. Go figure. No, not anybody else in the house. And they are up and running and ready to go. I've never seen so many kids eat so many Lucky Charms in one sitting. I mean, it's just like, you know, everything's flying. What is my obligation? Not as a dad, as a believer. Because you know what? My kids are not just my kids. They're also sons and daughters of the Most High. That's a different look, isn't it? So it's okay that I go out and talk to them lovingly with a big smile and talk about respecting the older people that are asleep in the house. <laughs> but it's how you handle that situation. But really, it's so crazy because all week it's been like, you are obligated to live this life, Ian. You are obligated to live this life. Okay. And those things that you think are always a part of your life that are those rocks in your backpack that you don't think that you can ever get rid of, guess what? You're not bound to those. 
You are free from those. You don't have to have the same responses of past generations. You don't. That's not who you are. That's not how I see you. That's not why my son died for you. He died for you so those things would die with you and not be passed to the next generation. Living, being led by the Spirit. This is why when the whole thing with obligation, that can get pretty tough, can't it? You're obligated to live the Christian life. Church, that's what the Bible says. I've rephrased that a little bit and says, hey, we get to do this. We get to do this. Honestly, we're told to do this, so might as well make it fun. And that's the fun thing about it. It really is fun. That's where the old dies and you have life. And Jesus talks about that in John chapter 10. I have come that you may have life, and life to the fullest. That doesn't mean that your bank account is overflowing, because we all know that money is not what brings true joy. But the joy that God is talking about is depositing His very own Spirit within us, and it flows up out of us into life. And you get to enjoy life. And you set the old aside because you're not chained to that anymore church don't forget the prison door is not locked walk out unload your backpack leave it at the cross and ask the Holy Spirit what do you want to do today where do you want to go have lunch I'm not being sacrilegious. But that opens the door for your life to live daily with Him. So where do you want to go eat? Seems different, doesn't it? But if God is everywhere and He is omnipresent... And He has died for every person on the face of this earth. Don't you think He'd want to reach them at a restaurant? Or bless them at a restaurant? I mean, if He's willing to meet a lady at a well. Right? Why can't He use us to meet people in other places? in what we would say is uncommon. Because at points we go, you know what, if you want to hear about Jesus, come to church. In case you didn't know, you're the church. So when you are sitting at a restaurant, guess what? You're having church. If you're walking through the grocery store aisles, you're having church. If you're pumping gas, you're having church. You're church. You're the church. Jesus didn't say invite them to your building. He said go. Go. And if that means that you need to go to the Outer Banks for a week and tell people about Jesus on the beach, then you know what? 
join in his sufferings and go to the beach for a week and show people who Jesus is there. You see what I'm saying? It's not about being imprisoned. It's not about being restricted. It's about setting the old aside. The sin, set it down. Because whatever sin you set down, there's that much room in your life for His glory to be put. It is the best life that we could live. It really is. And don't be condemned. Well, I've done this and I've done that or I've got this rock in my backpack that I'm, I'm lugging around. Don't be condemned. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict your heart of it. Allow Him to pull it from your backpack and remove it from you so that your load is lighter and that you can be used more so by Him. Church, you are not obligated to the sin that you think you might be. But you're obligated to live a life worthy of the calling. Enjoy it. Father, Lord God, I just thank you so much for an opportunity just to to speak for you. Father, I pray that our hearts, mine included, are convicted of those things that shouldn't be. And Father, that you would reveal to me and to each one of us those things that are to be let go. Father, I also pray that you allow your spirit to speak to each one of us or to show us, allow us to see or to hear. Um, God, even to feel your presence and that we go with it. Not that we spend time thinking if it makes sense or not makes sense or if I've done this in the past or or what, but Lord, just to blindly, in faith and trust, follow you. Father, I thank you for how you speak to so many that are here. And Father, I am so encouraged to hear how people are listening and you're following, they are following your lead, your spirit, and they're stepping into arenas to do things Um, to say things that, quite frankly, isn't normal for them. But there's such a joy on the other side of knowing that we have been obedient um, as sons and daughters and that you are showing yourself powerful and strong in those areas. And Father, I pray that each moment and each time that we follow you, it encourages our faith, it builds our faith, and Father gives us a taste of living by the Spirit. 
Father, bless us even more so than you have so that we will be a light, your light in the darkness and that people will know you for who you are and how much you love them. God, turn our hearts to you in worship and in prayer and in faith. In Jesus' name, amen.